I'm Amy Pruitt, founder of Radiant Yoga and Wellness in Columbus, Ohio. I'm Lisa Dumas, creator of Warrior to Warrior Yoga Therapy. The word radiant is often used in Ayurveda as a state of being in response to balancing practices. A warrior can be embodied by learning to skillfully navigate the light and dark of life on and off the yoga mat. Welcome to continued conversations intended to inspire presence, perspectives, and an open heart. Thank you for being here for another episode of A Radiant Warrior. Hello and welcome. Today it's Lisa flying solo. My co-host Amy is moving into a new home and I have been busy preparing to head on some traveling and it was really hard for the two of us to find a time where we could be on the microphone at the same time. And so it's my wonderful opportunity to share with you what you'll hear on today's episode. I had the chance to have a beautiful conversation with one of my colleagues. Her name is Susan Frankovic, and she is a fellow yoga therapist. And one of the biggest questions that we get consistently in our field of work is, what is yoga therapy? And so the conversation that we have answers the question of what makes yoga therapy different from yoga classes, especially the yoga that we've come to know here in the West and specifically how yoga therapy can support people through anxiety. That's that's really my focus. That's my passion, as you know, if you've listened to episodes of this podcast. And for Susan, she's felt really called to support people with autoimmune because that is such a mysterious challenge that can be so frustrating for people. And yoga therapy actually has some really beautiful ideas for helping people that are struggling with different autoimmunes to um, find some relief and some balance over time. So we talk all about that. Um, Yeah, I think it it was a, a lovely and inspiring conversation. I love listening to podcasts and listening to other people just speak about what they know. I I get so much perspective from stories of others. So I hope that you'll find the same in this conversation. And then a little bit of housekeeping for you as well. After this episode, the podcast will pause just for a couple of weeks. As I release this episode, I'll be in San Diego dropping off our dog Bowie with a friend before our family travels to Toronto, Canada because my first daughter, my stepdaughter, is finally getting married. She is one of the many brides who had to cancel their ceremony during the pandemic and so she is able to have a scaled down version of her wedding and the Canadian border is open to Canadian citizens who are fully vaccinated. So that means that we can travel to be there and witness that event. So we're all so excited for Ellen and Mike. And since we'll be in Canada, my daughter and I will then go on to British Columbia where I'll finally be able to see my parents. And I know that a lot of you are relating with that right now. You're finally making plans and you've maybe recently or are soon going to be reunited with people that you haven't seen maybe for 15 months or longer. So I'm very excited for the opportunity to to give my friends and family in British Columbia big hugs and enjoy so much of 
what that province has to offer. With that, I would love for you to enjoy this conversation with my colleague, Susan Frankovic, a fellow yoga therapist. We will share with you in this conversation how we met. If you'd like to know more about Susan, I've got all of her contact information and more information about her in the liner notes of this episode. So please enjoy this conversation and Amy and I will be back in August. Have a wonderful July and thanks always for being here. Hi, Susan. Hi, Lisa. I want to give our listeners a bit of a background because they'll quickly start to find out what kind of person you are. And I don't even know if you remember this, but I first met you, it was probably over three years ago now. We were both enrolled, um, and we both still are a part of the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy School, even though we're both yoga therapists, it's sort of ongoing. Um, but it was my first live experience. I had been taking online modules up until that point, and we, in that school, were meeting for live week-long retreats in upstate New York. At just a beautiful center. I mean, this is incredible learning opportunities. Some of the best experiences of my life with the most formidable group of people that I've ever had the pleasure to learn with. And you are actually the very first person to welcome me because the way it went down is we all show up and we all sort of move into our rooms. And I had, you know, I'd never been there before. And many people knew one another before, right? So that can be a little confronting when you realize that you're heading into a new situation. And yeah, you're one of the first people that I walk past and you took a moment to introduce yourself and to say, you're going to love this. Welcome. That makes me emotional to think about. (laughs) (laughs) Probably for many different reasons, right? Because we haven't been able to meet for a year and a half now. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You ended up going through all of your uh, live modules and even graduating and ended up having to do it all online like so many people did. Yes, and I was so grateful that we had the opportunity to be able to continue in the online space. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I think so many of us shifted in that way. And yeah, it was a it was a lifesaver. And in fact, even learning how to support ourselves and our own practices through our teacher, Brandt, who I know both of us um, have hold in such high regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So now we, um, we've we known each other for about three years. I can't remember why we connected so deeply. And now we talk really often. What was the, what was the moment? What really, what connected us in your memory? I just remember really liking your presence. And I loved how you took charge of, of your well-being by making sure you got your walks and you seemed like you were really um, just taking care of yourself within this space. And so I just kind of watched you and was admiring <laughs> you. And and I feel like, I don't remember if it was that retreat or another one, but I feel like I came to our friendship with a bit of an advantage because I had learned about your podcast oh, that's and right. I had been listening to it. So I got to hear about your life and I was familiar <laughs> with your voice and I just, I really had this great admiration for you. And so 
from there, somehow we started talking and you gave me a ride to the train station. That's right. Oh, yes. And I think that was maybe like the moment we decided we wanted to stay connected. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we did. And I'm so grateful for that as well. The friendships that we make in these learning opportunities where we're learning about our practices and learning a little bit more of our se- about ourselves, those are really strong, important friendships. Oh, well, I'm, I'm so glad that you agreed to talk with me. Um, and we're missing Amy here, but I know she's going to be listening. So we like to ask everybody that we have on the show that has a background in yoga or has become a teacher about their yoga origin story. You know, if if we decide to change our lives to teach these practices, it's usually because they had a huge impact on us. And I don't think that we've talked about this before. So what brought you to these practices that you now share? You know, my original moment, I say it was love at first ohm, was when I was living in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I was working in a restaurant, and one of my friends and co-workers said, I'm going to this kundalini yoga class, do you want to come? And I didn't know what it was, but I loved it. Just, it was very small and intimate in somebody's home, in my teacher's home, and there were maybe five of us, and it wasn't particularly vigorous, but it was the chanting that got me. It was just from the very beginning that that really drew me to yoga. And over time, over the course of, I don't know, probably 20 years, I had ebbs and flows where I would try different types of yoga over time. And finally, I was living in LA and I had been teaching dance for many years. And I watched a lot of yoga videos online and I took stuff in and I always did a yoga dance style warm up with all of my students. And I really felt like I wanted to know that I was being safe with my dancers. And that was something that was really important to me. So when I moved to LA, I started going to a studio there and I was really loving it. And when I walked out of class one day, the teacher said, we're starting a teacher training. I think you should join. And I said, I think I will. (laughs) And so that's when I started to practice more intentionally. And I loved my yoga training. And it was also, you know, mostly based in asana. It was also very much connected to breath breath to movement. Um, But there wasn't a lot of the other aspects of yoga. And so I also wanted to deepen my knowledge there. And through time, I actually culminated at the end of my time in LA with a panic attack in a yoga class. I just had so many outside stressors. And I got down on the ground in child's pose and I just cried and cried and cried. And then I cried for days. And then I traveled to Portland for my birthday and they thought and I had to go get a medical checkup because I couldn't walk down the street without labored breathing. And Hmm. they were worried that maybe I'd had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And um, it turns out that, you know, I was of utmost health Mm -hmm. and even higher on the health line than most people that they see. They said I needed to manage, learn how to manage my stress. Mm -hmm. And... So I left LA and I left all those stressful situations and eventually I found my way to breathing deeply. And I I really, really loved what Brant was offering because I didn't know that I wanted to specialize at the time. I loved that he was kind of like the GP of 
yoga therapy, Mm -hmm. and I thought that would give me a great opportunity to learn a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a couple of things I didn't know. I think recently we discovered we had that connection with Albuquerque, New Mexico, because I lived there for a couple of years. It was the first place in the States that my husband and I, um, when we were in radio, that was the first location that we moved to in the States after Canada. And in fact, our daughter was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico. What years did you live there again? I was, well, I was in Santa Fe from 94 until 99. And then I was in Albuquerque from 99 until 2003. So we were there at the same time. Okay. We, we, my husband and I did a morning show at uh, KRST, was the radio station in Albuquerque, because our daughter was born in um, April 2002. And so we lived there at that time. Yeah, that's crazy. Just finding that out now. Well, thank you so much. I loved listening to your story. Um, I also did not know that you've, you've had panic attacks in your past. And I just talked about this in the episode that aired last week. Fearing that something was going on with my heart was like a really big part of how long the anxiety disorder that I suffered with, how long that sustained because I just kept worrying that, that something was wrong with my heart and it was being damaged somehow because of the amount of panic attacks I had. So I'm so glad that you found that out early and um, did your yoga practice end up helping you manage your stress soon after that? You know, I believe that we can really have a regulated internal state. And if our external environment is particularly challenging, it can rock your boat quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And so, I would say yes, and I also had to make changes in what was going on in my life to be able to come to a point where I could really regulate. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we learn why and how we need to make those changes through our practices, through being able to connect with our inner knowing. So that's, yeah, that's a big part of that too. Mm -hmm. All right. So to yoga therapy probably the biggest question that i know you and i both receive is well what is yoga therapy anyway because what we've come to understand about yoga in our culture is that we come together in a yoga room and there's a teacher at the front of the room or somewhere in the room and we're moving through these postures and a lot of us fall in love with the practice because we feel so much better afterward and there are a lot of evidence-based reasons for that we know that but yoga therapy is quite different so i might ask you and we can both talk to it a bit but i'll ask you first um how would you describe yoga therapy to those who ask the beautiful thing about yoga therapy that makes it different from a group yoga class is that we are trained to pick up on people's imbalances and we have this entire library of practices from all the limbs of yoga to be able to offer them up to our clients and if something doesn't work that's okay because something else might Mm -hmm. and we never know how the system is going to react to any practice and no two systems are the same so there is no cookie cutter therapy 
for the individual. Mm-hmm. It's all so unique. It's like what you need may be very different from what I need. And there's this, there might be experimentation along the way as we find the way together. And our, our clients, the people that we work with, they are empowered to be able to help themselves because yoga offers our body is amazing. It offers this, this, these practices, which help us heal ourselves. And that's powerful. Very much so. Oh, and, and that's why it can be a challenge when we have, which is wonderful that um, health practitioners are sending people into a yoga room when we were practicing mm-hmm. in real life for stress and anxiety. That mm-hmm. is absolutely wonderful. But not every practice is going to be calming for our systems. In fact, yes. some practice, depending on what you walk into, um, what resonates with the teacher or what the level might be or what the community might be, it might actually be very confronting and it might make anxiousness a lot worse depending on Mm -hmm. what breath technique, the style of movement and your own constitution walking into that environment. In fact, there's a lot that is confronting about a yoga room or any sort of new spaces that you're going into as somebody who feels nervous. Uh, We're looking for that way out and it doesn't seem clear that you are are able to just leave if you start to panic when you're in a yoga room, especially Mm -hmm. if there's a lot of people. And those of us who feel anxious, we may not likely ask for help. You know, it's very embarrassing. That was also a big part of the sustained anxiety disorder that I suffered with because it was, I felt very humiliated and ashamed of it. And Mm -hmm. it felt funny to approach somebody and say like I'm freaking out you know it's hard to even explain what's going on so there's a lot about it that is confronting and when we can work one-on-one with someone and as you say get a sense for their constitution um, their particular thought patterns um, and what movements what breath what techniques might work for them. You know, a yoga therapist is more individualized, not to say that we're not able to facilitate group experiences. In fact, I I love it. You know, Mm -hmm. I love being able to um, facilitate group experiences through this lens, but it really is meant for that more one-on-one. We um, have a lovely intake with clients so we can find out a lot about what's going on. And then it's easier for us to draw from all of these tools and practices, as you say. It's beautiful. It's it's like crafting somebody their own unique toolbox. Mm-hmm. And within sessions, you know, they can safely sample some of these practices. And you know, that's honestly my favorite because for me, it's been yoga therapy for anxiety because that's what I feel really passionate about. And it's so beautiful to show somebody in real time, look, you can feel more calm and present and grounded just by moving and breathing for four or five minutes. In fact, full disclosure, you came into this session I asked you how you were doing and you said, well, I'll let you say what you said. I was feeling a little frazzled, a little vata imbalance. Mm -hmm. 
Now we talk about the doshas here on the Radiant Warrior, which is a, you know, an Ayurvedic concept, and Vata is related to the element of air and ether, and so if we are experiencing an imbalance when it comes to Vata, we're feeling scattered in our mind, maybe ungrounded in our body, hard to stay still in both body and mind. And so you and I said, well, we know how to, we know how to balance that. So we just, instead of just taking a deep breath, we actually started to move our body. You know, we start to roll our shoulders and reach our arms and move the joints of our body rhythmically in time with our breath, because we know that starting to move our body rhythmically helps to regulate our breath. And then we both felt a lot more regulated. So it's not like these practices have to be an hour out of your day every single day. It, right. it can be, but it can be that five minutes before you get on your Zoom call or walk into your meeting or walk in to have a conversation with your teenager, right? Like you're able to balance yourself quickly once you have these tools integrated. Absolutely. And I, I think that's also something that is important for people who might come to yoga therapy should understand is that we're not going to require that you do a 90 minute yoga class every single day. Mm-hmm. We're going to help you find those bits and pieces that you can add into your life that makes sense for you, mm-hmm. that will work with your lifestyle, that will work with your schedule. Mm-hmm. You may not do a downward facing dog. You know, you right. may you may not do any postures that you might think of when you think of a yoga practice. Mm-hmm. It might be that, um, you know, it, to me and I know to you as well, we're offering what is easiest, what is simplest and what is most effective. Mm-hmm. So it might be standing up next to your bed when you wake up in the morning and just moving your joints in a way that is moving them in their, in their pain-free range of motion, just reaching the arms up and exhaling the arms down. And it might be feeling your feet on the ground, maybe a, a few minutes of a specific breath technique, depending on what you are working to balance. And then maybe midday, there might be another couple of minutes and then something at the end of the day. Um, that's what's so beautiful about it. And that's what is so creative about it. I almost feel like as a yoga therapist, we are co-creating with our clients as well, because Mm. hopefully they're sampling with us and on their own and then giving us feedback as to how it's fitting into their life. And then we can adjust. So let's talk a little bit more. You mentioned Vata and Mm -hmm. a yoga therapist might see something like anxiety as opposed to yes we definitely like the thing i love about yoga therapy that i should say is it's very science and evidence based especially our school you know when we meet three times a week whether we're live or just listening to the recording of our teacher Brent Pasalakwa you know he's reading us medical journals you know he is so up on all of the latest evidence and the latest studies that are coming out about uh, physical and mental health challenges. So this is what we're thinking of when we are uh, meeting with our clients. We are inspired by and often and honoring and using um, classic yogic skills, but we've also evolved many of them um, as science has evolved, as Mm -hmm. yoga has evolved as well. So that's 
something that's important to say. So we are recognizing that this is a nervous system imbalance, of course. And we're recognizing that anxiety happens for many reasons and the exact reason is not known yet, but we know it's genetic. We know that it can worsen because of lifestyle tendencies and addiction and vitamin and mineral deficiencies. I mean, sleep, everything, everything can go into that panic attack or the feeling of living with anxiety. We know that. But yoga therapy will also say, well, that's a vata imbalance. So that means that this element of air, this turbulent scattered quality is up, is increased. We have too much. So that's the lens that we are looking at that through. So maybe I'll, I'll have you sort of continue on that that thread i always imagine a vata imbalance is like this big swirling energy around the head and upper body mm-hmm. <laughs> and um it's not inherently bad because mm-hmm. also that air energy can be creative and it can be expansive and it can also create confusion it mm-hmm. can create anxiety it can create this inability to um have clarity. I love that one of the ways in which we kind of rein in the vata is through breath. So air and air, but also the body, but it's all soft and gentle and there's nothing hard. It's it's like the quality of air. The way we work with this air quality to balance it is also soft. Like you can't touch it and you're not trying to be strong and you're not trying to force it. Mm-hmm. You're just gently reining it in. Two things that you said there that I want to expand on. One is confusion, and two is talking about how the doshas. There, there's nothing negative, you know. If we're if we're going to look at a human being in this symbolic Ayurvedic way, as containing these three doshas, Vata, Pitta, Kapha, which we talk about here on this show, these. The elements and the qualities associated with those doshas are all important. Vata, as you say, um, related with creativity and inspiration and spiritual growth and the imagination and dreaming and and pitta associated with taking action and responsibility and kappa associated with with love and commitment. Um, but we all can experience even our best qualities when we're out of balance with them, then they can work against us. That's it. And many different, there's many different reasons that these qualities can become imbalanced depending on what's going on in our day, what we're taking in, um, the time of year, the time of life, the time of day. And these are all things that we would take into consideration. But I don't think I've spoken about this enough on this show, and that is the quality of the confusion that comes with vata imbalance. And an example of confused thinking when it comes to anxiety is the catastrophe thinking that comes along with it. Yeah. We're confused if our thoughts are consistently telling us that something bad is going to happen to us or that we are going to have something bad happen um, because of something that we are or something that we did, that we are inherently bad. Confusion doesn't just mean you don't know what 
path to take or what choice to make. Confused thinking is thinking consistently that something is wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And I think a, an example of feeling more balanced and how what keeps a lot of people coming back to these practices or coming back to their yoga mat is after we do practice, we feel more clear. And somebody might just say, well, I feel better. I feel more positive. I feel more hopeful. That might be our home base, right? That might be our our ground zero when we reconnect to, to trusting in ourselves that we are doing okay, that you know we do have love in our life, that we can see through to um, the good of somebody that we're having conflict with. You know, maybe maybe that is a place of not being confused, but we are confused if we see ourselves and our lives um, from a place of what's wrong. It makes me think about also pitta, about the fire within and pitta, if it's, it can drive the vata out of balance. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, this is anxiety can come about because we're imbalanced in our vata. And it can also come about because the pitta drives the vata out of balance. And then we need to kind of even get deeper to the root to balance the pitta. Let's talk about, let's put that into some context for people. You know, sometimes I forget we're so close to yoga therapy and yoga, right? Mm-hmm. It's so easy for us to say things like pitta and vata. We know just what we're talking about. So would you agree that the way to describe our pitta becoming unbalanced, which then kicks our vata out of balance, is let's say we're working so hard, we're not resting enough, we've, we've got a deadline, and so we're just, we're not listening to our body because we've got to get our, that work done. We have, to, we have to complete it by the end of the night. And if that means that we're going to skip a meal, if that means that we're going to skip taking a break, we're going to do it. We also um, drive ourselves hard to, to work out, to exercise, to excel, to get all the things done, to be all the things for all the people. So just pushing ourselves so so using that fire that fire burning too brightly can then create a sense where our inner vata also becomes bigger than it needs to be yes and it can also lead to burnout it's this lack of feeling ourselves Mm -hmm. of feeling the sensitivity of our body of feeling the heat in our body of noticing when we're working too hard and knowing when we need to stop and take a rest. Yes. And and maybe also like implementing that like if you're if you if you tend to those um, ways of being, maybe implementing a schedule where you have to stop and take mm-hmm. a rest or you have to stop and eat your lunch to mm-hmm. keep you grounded. Mm-hmm. Free. To keep you in your body, to keep that, you know, to keep everything contained and balanced. The Radiant Warrior Podcast will be right back. This episode is brought to you by my therapeutic resource, Vibrancy and Tranquility Daily, your opportunity to have access to your own personal yoga therapist. For the last 15 months, I have been creating, guiding, and recording quality therapeutic experiences and compiling them all in one place. At last count, there was over 100 skills and tools, including movement practices in all different lengths, meditations, morning rituals, visualizations, um, so much, so much. It's a bountiful place. And I'm making that available 
for the summer for a really special price. So if you want to find out more about gaining access to vibrancy and tranquility daily, please head to lisadumasyoga.com. Sometimes one of our greatest roles as a yoga therapist is empowering people to give themselves a schedule. You know, for for some people that can feel like, oh, I I don't know if I want the constriction of a schedule. I like to just go with the flow and I get that, but we actually have a lot more freedom and ease if we have an idea of, okay, at this time, this will happen. I'll take a walk, I'll take a break. Um, It actually does let us relax and not have to make so many decisions through the day. you talking about Pitta the way that you have been, Amy and I have been talking a lot about that since bringing the podcast back because we're in Pitta season here in the summer. And so not only can it be this tendency of a Pitta dominant person, or if we're Pitta imbalanced, not to notice when we're burnt out and just continue to go, which can drive anxiousness, but an imbalance of Pitta can also be the root of um, syndromes that I know you are passionate about working with. Mm -hmm. So I know that you've started to specialize in autoimmune and the way that yoga therapy and the way that our teacher Brandt teaches us about autoimmune conditions, I think is groundbreaking and inspiring and might give a lot of people hope. Yes, and I I feel like the reason I was drawn to autoimmune issues is because there's this big gap between what the Western medical community can offer and, you know, the other side of, of, of treatment, of healing, of, of symptoms. And through yoga therapy, by, by really fine-tuning our nervous system by learning how to feel sensation in our body and where it might be rising and and how to integrate breath work to then bring us back in to our bodies to kind of sensitize is really amazing and 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 i think brant really does offer a special technique for pitta balancing which yeah. now you do. <laughs> Which, yeah. Well, this it's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. It's really fascinating to me that that such subtle things can really help balance people and they can help people with pain. They can help people with symptoms. They can also help people deal with the, the stress of not knowing what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. And to be in present moment, a lot of people who are diagnosed with autoimmune disease aren't diagnosed for many years. Mm-hmm. And that in itself can be incredibly stressful. It can be incredibly heavy. We should give an exam- some examples of what people might be suffering with, what symptoms might be coming up, or some examples of autoimmune conditions. Um, because this this just might, you know, this information might help people in their journey because it does tend to be a long and often frustrating and confusing journey when we're dealing with autoimmune because there does seem to be a lot of confusion. You know, I, I somebody close to me was diagnosed with autoimmune and that included some hair loss um, and emotionally a lot of a lot of easy anger. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that really goes hand in hand with Pitta 
and an imbalance of pitta. But what are some conditions? Yeah, well, inflammation, you know, science tells us that's the root of so many dis- Eases. I mean, rheumatoid arthritis is an example. Mm-hmm. So we've got inflammation in the joints. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got um, lupus. Yeah. MS. Um, you know, these, these, I kind of think of it as the fire is attacking the body. And right now we're, we're having this in yoga therapy. We think of people who are suffering from long COVID symptoms mm-hmm. as it being an autoimmune issue. Okay. So, um, the body is is attacking itself, and and oftentimes autoimmune diseases come about because of a big viral issue, like a big viral disease, mm-hmm. an illness, and one autoimmune disease can beget another. Mm-hmm. So once you start, once your body starts moving in that direction, more things can show up, and women are more often are more often diagnosed with autoimmune issues than men. I think 75% of autoimmune cases are with women. And they think that it has something to do with the fact that women reprodu- reproduce, mm-hmm. that women carry children. And that's that's one of the things that that they're looking into now. But they don't know why it's happening. Yeah, somebody might go to their healthcare professional because of chronic long-term exhaustion. Yes. Um, gut issues, uh, just just feeling unwell. Mm-hmm. And lots of times there are diagnoses that are, okay, autoimmune. Well, what do you do now? And we should be clear that a yoga therapist is part of a wellness team. Right. Absolutely. And so what what kind of things if somebody was recently diagnosed or has these mysterious symptoms and they've done test after test and they they haven't found anything wrong with them? You know, the beautiful thing about yoga therapy is we keep using this term balancing. And mm-hmm. that's a that's a, a bit of a, a broad term, I think, because I don't know if we can ever really truly achieve balance. But we do know that our body is always wanting to come back into homeostasis and the practices that we offer from movement to breath to lifestyle suggestions, even to nutrition, you know, part of that is within our scope. Um, That can all help us. It can all support our body heal. It can help support our bodies do what it does best. So if somebody were to come to you as a yoga therapist who specializes in autoimmune, and what, what kind of things could they expect to sample? I want to get a good idea of what's going on with them, first of all. Mm-hmm. So if someone is in an inflammatory state, we want to, we want to soothe those symptoms and, mm-hmm. and, and get them into a place where they're more stable. What so kind of symptoms might, would that be? Would, in, would inflammatory state be? Sorry to just so wonder. Let's say, let's say rheumatoid arthritis, or let's say irritable bowel syndrome, or mm-hmm. ulcerative colitis. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's use those two examples. So those are those are examples of of, of the, the the pitta flaring up, yeah. and the fire and the symptom in yeah. this in the system. Yeah. Um, so we might do some gentle breath to movement, like the joint freeing series is something we talk about moving through the joints with breath mm-hmm. in this rhythmic way mm-hmm. to to kind of. Um, move the flow of energy, but also to help with inflammation. And now a lot of 
times we think we have to push past something. We have to keep pushing and the more we push, the stronger we'll get. Sometimes the more gentle we are, the better it is for us. And the more our system is enhanced and, and our, our hormones regulate, our breath regulates, our, our immune system regulates. And so when we're talking about autoimmune, it's connected directly to the immune system, right? Mm-hmm. And so some gentle practices can help people to soothe their systems. And, and when the nervous system is in check, when we're breathing properly, when we're moving from this easeful place, um, not creating exhaustion, not trying to build endurance, but just trying to kind of um, soothe the system, it also helps move lymph. And lymph is important for us uh, to detox and to dump waste. So we want our lymph system moving. It's, it's like this flow of, of, of energy through the body and everything's properly functioning. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with autoimmune issues, people are very burnt out because they've been going, 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 going. Mm-hmm. And so we might offer constructive rest. We might offer yoga nidra or Mm -hmm. prana nidra Mm -hmm. so offering this time where people can lay down and fully relax their body and maybe intentionally through their mind and thoughts move the flow of energy through their body with the breath with really feeling the body we work with the koshas so you know just touching all the different aspects of ourselves, feeling our body, feeling uh, um, expanding awareness, um, noticing our breath, noticing how breath moves in our body, maybe sometimes intentionally moving it through the body, Mm -hmm. checking in with our thoughts, the state of our mind, and knowing that we are not our thoughts, we are not our condition. Mm -hmm. We may have a diagnosis, but we are not that. Oh, yes, I mean, that is my number one that, that is just the number one thing that I love to tell people right away is you are so much more than anxiety because we get mm-hmm. that diagnosis and, and it, it, we become attached to that. Um, it becomes one of our definitions and no, 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 no. We must free ourselves from that. You said so many beautiful things and when you were speaking, it was reminding me of how much my own personal practices have changed because of yoga therapy. And this joint freeing series, like that's what we call it in our course, the joint freeing series. Mm-hmm. That That is something that I offer so many people in, in lots of different ways because you can do it lying down. You can do a formal practice seated. You could do it standing. It can be something very quick. It can be something that is longer and more meditative. But for me, even if other practices fall off, so for instance, this summer, I, I have my 19-year-old daughter here, and I just really want to dive into being with her before she's gone again in the fall. So certain practices that I've done have fallen off. But ever since a beginning yoga therapy and learning that joint freeing idea, so for about three years, I've been doing that every single day. And just from my own personal experience, I have never felt better in my body. Because any anything we do, yes, practices can have um, an immediate effect that can be life-changing. But when we do these practices over time, that's when we see these changes that last. And I swear by freeing all the joints in my body before I get out of bed in the morning, on every level, it makes me feel better. 
And if there's ever a day where I miss that, I notice. I can't get over the power of that. And if you read some of the more esoteric reasons for that, um, we're freeing. You know, the word energy is is so is is used so often, right, in these circles, and so I think it's lost some of its meaning, or it can be very confusing, or it can seem a little bit woo woo. But you feel that in your body when you wake up in the morning, you feel stiff and maybe inflamed, and but once I move the joints of my body, I feel more free. But more importantly, I feel more free in my mind. So it's just so apparent to me how it's all connected. And I'm mm-hmm. much, it's, I'm much uh, more inclined to wake up or to move into my day from a broader perspective. You know, it's, it's expanding in every way. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Yoga Nidra. Yes. I talk about that practice here all of the time. I think it's one of the most important tools in our toolboxes. And I always have that intention, Susan, this week, at least three times a week, I'm going to lie down in the middle of the day and offer myself 20 minutes of a yoga nidra. And I, I do have to say it doesn't always happen. And I need a yoga therapist to meet with <laughs> so, to, so that I can have accountability because when I do offer myself that rest again, I can just tell how, how healing it is for my body, how it's giving mm-hmm. my body a chance to deeply rest. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we all need. So that's, it's beautiful and it is empowering as you say especially with autoimmunes when a lot of time you've spent maybe years and years looking for the answer and just wanting to feel better. There's also this aspect of, I think, acceptance, which we can find through our yoga practices. It's, you know, it's, it reminds me a bit of, you know, not being attached to the fact that you have this diagnosis so we talked about that for one Mm -hmm. but also like accepting it and you can help yourself regulate it Mm -hmm. you can help help your symptoms Mm -hmm. and while we're human and we have rises and falls and every day is different and you know depending on how well we slept or what we ate or what we were exposed to we may feel better and maybe not so great on other days. Mm -hmm. And yet we can draw on these tools to help us um, feel better. And and like, I accept that I have this thing and Mm -hmm. and I'm empowered to be able to help myself. And then as humans, we also get the choice as to whether or not we do that, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, And while we know certain things might be helpful, at times we, are at least I will speak for myself and you just spoke to it Mm -hmm. like sometimes I'm really good at helping myself Mm -hmm. and then sometimes when I feel better I forget Mm -hmm. and and then that helps me remember that I've forgotten (laughs) because I I don't feel so well these practices that we have I notice when I'm not doing them the most Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or feeling good we can forget it's true it's not as much of a priority because we all have so many different priorities and it is a challenge to make ourselves a priority. And so that's why it's very typical not to, unless we really have to. Mm-hmm. 
And that is what's so beautiful about these practices and why it's something that for you, you came to 20 years ago. For me, I came to about 15 years ago. And I've certainly not stuck with everything in my life, but I've stuck with this because for generations, these practices have supported human beings in, we keep saying feeling better, but that's really powerful because when when we're feeling good, then we are better able to step into who we're meant to be um, and support other people and, and be useful and contribute in all the ways that we want to feel. Mm-hmm. And when we don't feel good, we remember oh, how much we take it for granted when we do. But one of the reasons that I've stuck with this is all of those years when I was struggling with anxiousness, I mean, that just didn't feel like life at all. So these practices gave me back my life. That is not an exaggeration. And they have evolved For a while there, I thought that I needed to go to a yoga studio and practice for 90 minutes a day to feel better. And then because we keep talking about balance, well, no, that was an imbalance, but it was a journey that I needed to go through. And then my body told me, no, no, you cannot move in this way every single day, (laughs) you know, and when we learn. And now I move in very different ways and, and a lot less than I used to as well. And we just we just learn because when we talk about balance, sometimes through a yoga therapy lens, we might be talking about energy, but through a Western science model, we might be talking about hormones, right? But it's all related. It, it, these practices balance um, our systems, basically. And so over overdoing it, over exercising or under exercising, all of that affects all of our systems. And the more we do these practices, the more sensitive we come to what works for us. I know that my practice has also changed tremendously. Mm-hmm. And I'm unable to do a lot of the extreme things that I was able to do even a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't miss it. Mm-hmm. For one, mm-hmm. um, I feel like this is my journey to becoming stronger within myself. But also in working with others, we have to keep our systems in check in check. And so that inspires me also. I think when we have sometimes when we have a reason outside of ourselves, it helps us to take better care of ourselves, to help us stay grounded when we have other people to serve. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a huge thing that I've learned over time. If I'm not taking care of me, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. And I need to have my system in check so that I can hold space for you in your process. And also so I can be very present with what's in front of me. And we don't even have to be in a healing role in order for that to be important. You know, for mm-hmm. our, 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 our listeners hearing that, I think we all have an experience when we run into a friend. And right now we're all in the experience of we haven't been in social situations, many of us for a long time. We haven't been in the workplace. We haven't been in that face-to-face meeting. And we know what it feels like to have the butterflies in our stomach when we first meet somebody or we, we run into somebody in our neighborhood. and you feel almost a little bit flustered. You know, I can feel that in other people and 
And so we do pick up on that from one another. So it's not even about moving into having a one-on-one session as somebody who's holding space for a client. It's really any time that you're interacting with another human being, these practices help you to keep yourself connected. And then that is such a gift to other people Mm -hmm. in your world. That is such a gift. And I've started to feel myself even within this conversation because we have our videos on here, right? And and I haven't seen you in a while. I haven't seen your face in a while. And that's like really exciting. And I can Mm -hmm. feel that in my body. But even as as we have continued to talk here, I can start to feel well, I find you to be a very grounding presence anyway. So I can start to feel that even through Zoom. I feel the same about you <laughs> and in moments where, you know, I feel those fluctuations, my heart rate rising. Mm-hmm. I feel my feet on the ground. Yeah. I feel my seat in my chair and I breathe. Yes. And all of that you can do without anybody else knowing that you're doing it. Well, that brings me to practices that are supporting you right now. We find ourselves at a unique moment where we're emerging but maybe we're not. We're processing after a heck of an 18 months. What are the practices that have been supporting you maybe the last few weeks or the last few months or, or, or just any that you'd like to share or speak to right now in this conversation? There is something about being present in the moment and noticing the sensations in the body and noticing when, you know, I might be feeling anxiety just to like come back to this present moment. Like I said, feeling my body breathing. So that's like a present time practice. Um, I love chanting. I love pranayama. Alternate nostril breathing is a favorite of mine. Mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of yoga nidra. Mm -hmm. Good for you. And I go through periods where I do more of it and I do less of it. It's felt really nourishing to me in my recovery from long COVID. There was just this exhaustion left behind. In that space, I really, I feel at peace. I feel connected and I feel so open and it just feels so healing. And if, if I feel exhausted in the middle of the day, I'll go do a yoga nidra and I'll come out on the other side feeling so much better. Mm-hmm. And then I can continue my day with more calm, with more energy. Um, I also use some psychic development tools and Mm -hmm. twice a week I take a really long bath Mm -hmm. and I do those meditations to keep my system clear and and in a sense you could really um, relate that to like the the flow of prana Mm -hmm. in the body Mm -hmm. the flow of life force energy so it kind of does what we do in a lot of the yoga practices in a different way. Do Are you comfortable speaking to us a little bit more about long COVID and how you're experiencing that and what's arising in your body and your mind and how you're managing it? My experience getting COVID started with my gut and I've never really had whole lot of gut issues i mean I, I have had some but it started there and and that symptom stuck around just discomfort in my gut and bloating a lot of exhaustion um labored breathing mm-hmm. um i feel like i had a lot of symptoms 
but none of them super extreme. I had really terrible joint pain, um, which stuck around for a while. I felt just like my body was in pain and my joints were in pain. And I also felt like I wasn't able to have clarity, just this brain fog, Mm -hmm. this brain fog and this exhaustion. And what I've noticed also since I got COVID was that I feel like I have cortisol like shooting through my system quite often. Moments of immediate stress. So just a just yes, a rise in your stress level. Stress. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take much. It can be the smallest thing from the external world and my inner world is screaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and being able to breathe in those moments is very helpful. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, moving through the joints yeah. with breath is really important. Even in, even when I was sick, I was still teaching my classes mm-hmm. and it helped. I kept mm-hmm. moving. I, I walked and, and, and I, I moved through my joints, not necessarily like our official joint frink series, but I think about that whenever I teach, I think about moving through all the joints to getting that flow of energy moving through the body so that we that people are in less pain. So I'm in less pain. Mm -hmm. Um, I have noticed since my second vaccine that the symptoms are better. Mm. And that's hopeful. Yeah, that makes me happy. And I really think and it's the same for me as you is, is sometimes I'm really good at at taking time out and doing a yoga nidra and Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm not. I notice that it helps me tremendously when I do. And I would really like to continue that practice so that this sense of being tired so easily lessens. Let's make a little pact here that that we will commit to our yoga nidra practices because here our teacher, we share a teacher who has been very public about the fact that he healed a very rare and heavy experience with an autoimmune with regular large doses of yoga nidra. And Mm -hmm. I've talked about that practice a lot here on this podcast, but I'll just briefly say this is a practice where the practitioner is lying down and you would be guided through profound relaxation for your physical body through a very complete body scan, which turns on your relaxation response. But then you're guided through the different um, layers, if you will, of who we are as a human being from through a yogic lens. And you mentioned the term koshas. So we're being guided through the breath and through the mind and through the deeper levels of what makes us human through visualization and it's incredibly relaxing many times we fall asleep and that's okay if we fall asleep but we move into a healing state for our brains and our bodies and it can help us especially if we're challenged with sleep or if we are healing from something like an autoimmune it just gives our body more opportunities to move into that restorative state so you're right. I can't say enough about it. And I have no excuse for letting it go and and wanting to fill that half an hour with something else. So I am newly intentioned after talking to you, Amy and I, um, on our podcast, we check in with one another and then we check 
out and we kind of talk about what's changed. So definitely for me, I'm leaving this conversation re-inspired to get back to my yoga nidra practice. I, you know, and just like you, I've recorded many for clients and they live on my on my offerings and my resource for members. But for me, when I practice yoga nidra, it's either from our teacher Brandt, but I also bought a course from Tracy Stanley. I'm not sure if you, she has a book out called Radiant Rest and uh, she guides yoga nidra in a way that that really resonates with me so I often use hers I just have them at the ready and I'm also inspired by your comments about the healing power of presence because I think that that's the root of everything that we teach yes there are reasons that chanting affects our nervous system and there 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 are reasons that that is healing and there are reasons that different breath techniques like alternate nostril breath is also healing but everything ideally is creating a state of presence which we don't naturally drop into that's not the way our lifestyle is set up typically everything is outside of ourselves mm-hmm. we're we're wanting the next thing you know our brain is wired for what's next i have to catch myself so many times a day mm-hmm. not what's next what's now what's now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. our teacher teaches us this all the time and and i prove it to myself constantly that it's true i don't have to have a formal meditation practice to find presence. I can find presence when I'm gardening, when I'm cooking, when I'm going for a walk, when I'm doing laundry, all of that. I mean, it's available all the time. The sensations of our body and how we're breathing and even how we're thinking and what we're thinking of, we can be so present for it all. And it's just as interesting as the best Netflix show, really. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> and I think it's also, you know, important to say that these are practices. And practices aren't about being perfect or, you know, doing it right. It's it's about coming back to it again and again. Yeah, coming back to it. But also, that's our opportunity to come back to us again and again to bring the energy of what's next back to what's now and and really when we offer our clients practices it empowers them actually to give themselves that time this is the time when the door is closed and mom is taking care of herself for 10 for herself for 10 minutes or the door is closed and and the the rest of the household knows right and it's it is important to have something that's just for you for that purpose Mm -hmm. I often tell my clients if you have to go sit in your car or go into the bathroom and shut the door for five minutes then do that well thank you so much for being here with us thank you Lisa it's been wonderful Thanks again to Susan Frankovic for that insightful conversation. If you'd like to find out more about Susan, you can visit her website, susanfrankovic.com. You can also find her on Instagram and Facebook at Susan Frankovic. And if you need a reminder, once again, her information can be found in the liner notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Warrior podcast. 
If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it. And please check out the Radiant Warrior podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.